Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. An almost jolly uh, good afternoon to you listeners for the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast. We're getting close to Christmas. We're enjoying it, Paul. Yeah, there's people singing cards upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. probably hear it if you listen closely enough. Well, we, we, we'll try and reduce that later on for, for the listeners. But yeah, we still have lots to talk about. Um, on today's show, we're going to be looking ahead to the weekend's McAvoy Super Value on the 20 finals in Division 2. It's Saturday evening at 7 o'clock in Division 1. It's Sunday at 3 p.m. So should be a, a good enough... Sorry, 7.30 on Saturday evening. Should be a good enough um, weekend of football. Uh, we'll also be looking back over convention where there was a lot of changes, a lot of new positions. Paul was at convention, so we'll be going into detail. But you'll hear from the new county board chairman, Kieran Callahan, and also from the treasurer, Martin Cahill. Um, and we'll be discussing from convention a motion that Killigarry had in um, which is of great interest and definitely a talking point around the county but we'll we'll get on to that later on we start off with the under 20 finals this weekend Paul Saturday evening Darren O'Creeve against Aaron Gales in Kingspan Breffney at 7.30 this is actually going to be a good one it's a West Cavan derby really yeah it is well, there's five clubs from West Cavan represented in this final so that's, that's good mm. um, from that point of view it's great to see West Cavan producing so many good players here. Someone was complaining a couple of weeks ago that West Cavan can't get anyone on to county panels, but certainly, I don't know if that's true or not, but they're certainly getting teams through to, to county finals anyway. Darren O'Creeve have been a real success story. Um, Darren O'Creeve seemed to be slowing up as the near the finish line. They a very close game against Blackwater in the, in the semis, whereas Aaron Gales possibly hitting their stride a little bit. Um, they had a repeat of their win over Killigarry from the group. Another tight game. It's going to be very interesting. Two good forward lines um, both teams moving well I, I, I wouldn't rule out a draw on this one I can't see any more than a couple of points in it Yeah I, I'd have said earlier on now having not seen Aaron Gills but seen Darren O'Creeve twice that uh, they were the team to beat but as you said they seemed to be just slowing up or like when, when I seen the result now I know you could say it was five or seven scores to twelve but it was still only a one point win in the semi-final and I'd have expected them to, to push on also knowing that it being last Saturday and Aaron Gale's already waiting, they'd have they'd have been looking at that semi final and say, Well, that's what Blackwater done and actually worked well against them. So um I, this is gonna be a really interesting final because there's a lot of key players, a lot of young talent on both sides. I know Daryl McGorn, you know, from from Drum Lane there gonna take watch and Quevian McGovern on the other side is gonna take watch and there's there's obviously um, Corin seems to be the main performer for Darren O'Creeve at the minute though Yeah well the two McGoverns up front Keane McGovern and Keevan are doing a lot of the scoring along with Rory Corin um, Kevin McGovern as well going well in the backs um, on the on the Aaron Gales team again good forward line like McGovern got 1-9 the last day which is wow. great scoring Dar- Dara Dolan as well fast good good um, goal poacher as well the middle of the field is going to be very important Cor McDonough who's there He's a player that's really more or less come from nowhere from the start of this year to nail down his place in the cabin on the 20s. Played mm. well right through the Intermediate Championship. 
definitely a player to watch out for. He's the captain of the Iron Gales team. At the back, you've got James McCall, County Minor captain, I think, this year. Yeah, and you've got um, Marsden. Uh, have you come across this fella? No. Watch watch out for this fella. If, if you're in at the game, a really, really good man marker and a tenacious, gutsy, hardy f- footballer. Now, some, somebody that I noticed, I think it was last year in a minor game, um, and, and just thought there's a, there's a player there's a real real good competitive player and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised he'll get either Keane McGovern or or, or Cuevin that'll be the role and, and if they can score a few off him they've a good day's work done but James McCall as you said another player there and uh, is he Michael Owens? Yeah Michael Owens as big, well Big strong unit there and uh, they've a very good goalie there in Harry Clark but yeah. a lot of their players I suppose I suppose are are better known than some of the Derna Creeve players, but there's a very good players in that Derna Creeve mm. team too. Um, a good few players coming through from that St. Moog's team that won the Ulster uh, title last year. So that's that's the makings of a hell of a game. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I don't know was extra time playable on the evening. Not uh, sure, but it doesn't state it on. The I'm gonna fixture. go for a draw there anyway. In normal time, whether whether there is extra time or not, I'm not sure. Okay, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I think. I think you you could be right on the draw, and I if 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 I was being shrewd, I'd, I'd agree with you and go, yeah, I'll go with the draw. But I'm not shrewd. Everybody knows I'm not shrewd because <laughs> my my results so far have been so bad. Um, I I I was always for Darren Creeve on this from the start, but now I'm going to twist. I'm going to go Aaron Gales to win this one. Okay, I think in a very very close game. Um, I think I think that that's uh, that's yeah, maybe just you've two teams playing a slightly higher level than the. The three teams they're up against, as in you know, Corla, Shannon Gales, uh, Swanland Bar, all junior now. I know Swanland Bar were intermediate, but Beltorbid and Drumlane are both intermediate. So maybe that might just be enough to get Aaron Gales over the line. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, possibly, but I don't think there's much in it in terms of their young talent. There's probably maybe some of the older players are a bit better, maybe on the the Drumlane and Beltorbid teams. Uh, possibly, but look, it, it'll be it'll be good um, consolation prize for the Shannon Gales fellas if they can get a medal out of it after losing yeah. the junior championship final. But it's the makings of a great it, game. It'll be so a good consolation prize for the Biltorba boys if they get a medal. Of course, out. yeah. So some right. some losing right. county finalists are going to have a medal at the end of the year. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game. It should be excellent. Seven thirty in Kingspan Breffney on Saturday evening coming. Um, the Division One final then takes place on Sunday. It's again in Kingspan Breffney, 3 p.m. Rammer United against St. Aidan's. Is it a surprise that Crusher haven't made this? It is a surprise. From I would have fancied them at the outset, but they didn't have their two, I suppose, big names for, for all the games. James Smith didn't play at all. Patrick Lynch only played a wee bit. Yeah. So that I mean that that was huge for them. Um, but you know, St. Aidan's are coming into this final. They're, they're fully merited winners in the semi-final one by a goal they're coming into this final uh, having not lost only team in it only team in it yeah. which is which is very impressive um, there's great heart in them and the interesting thing about St Aidan's where to get the name for the amalgamation is from the school um, and all every one of these fellas bar none on the panel went to school together in St Aidan's oh really yeah so it's it's very interesting that there is a great for an amalgamation there is a great togetherness about this bunch of lads and they'd have reached an Ulster final at schools level last year, wasn't it? I think they're so. Beaten yeah. by Bally Bay. That's right. That's so, right. So you know, there, there's probably a lot of them boys are used to playing with each other. You add in the sprinkling of the older lads on top of it. Like it, the St. Aidan's, to be honest, when I seen it, 
I, I didn't think of the school. I, I thought, of, oh, that's, you know, that's four clubs there that I don't know, are they going to gel together? I don't know if it's going to work. Jesus worked. Yeah, it's, it's, worked, it's worked really well. Now, to be fair, like, um, the forward line is definitely the best sector on their team. The backs, yeah. I don't know. That My only worry about first and ends is, is that back line good enough to win it on the 20 championship? I don't know. They're going to be tested by Rammer, but the forward line is exceptional. Like, you've got, you've got, I suppose the, the, the main two men are, are Shane Sexton and Tiernan Riley who've been playing really well they're working really well together um, it's an exceptionally good forward line midfield Jeremy Carney's been playing well mm. I think he's the captain of the team uh, likely to be partnered by Niall Fitzpatrick there's been different fellas slotting around in the middle of the field to help him out at the back they're going to really need to be on top of their game because the Rammer forward line has been going very well if you take the likes of Shawnee Kogan's not starting I think he's carrying an injury mm. but he's a very very dangerous player. Uh, Sean McAvoy has been playing really well. One two the last day. Apparently, he, he seems to be the the nucleus for that forward line clicking. Yeah, well, he seems to be going, he, he's going really well. Like he's filled out so much, very strong. Um, you've Garrett Mannion there in the middle, coming from deep. Yeah, like can the, score. Yeah, he scored a lot. Yeah. Scored a few goals. Ronan Patterson alternating probably between midfield and full forward, and when he's in full forward. He can he can cause problems, you know, if the runners get off him. You know, sending direct ball, he can win it, and he just needs somebody coming off him. Yeah, see, they have that option of mixing it up um, because they've mm. got lots of legs in the team, but but they've obviously got the big man on the, the square as well, and he is good athlete and good in the air. So they've an awful lot going for them. They're definitely favourites in my eyes. Rammer, I would have to say they're favourites. Mm. Um, they lost one game to Cavan Gales. I think that you know, on, I know that St Aidan's aren't. Don't feel that they're underdogs. I think they're going into this with a good degree of confidence, which you'd yeah. expect. And like they beat Cavan Gales, who beat Rammer. So the, a line of form there suggests there's not much between them. Rammer had a few points to spare, all right, against Crutchlaw, who St. Aidan's only narrowly beat. I think they drew in the group and then they beat them in a semi by yeah. a goal. Yeah. Now, the, the St. Aidan's back line, the, I think their best performance was the last day. They held Crutchlaw to 11 points, but they had been shipping an awful lot of goals before that. And Rammer have been scoring loads of goals like mm. in, against against Nobride in the group I think they had three goals scored in 10 minutes in the first half against Nobride in the semi three goals in 11 first half minutes so like goals are a big thing for Rammer if if, if St. Aidan's can uh, can repeat what they did in the semi and keep a clean sheet they're, they're right there they're going to uh, be with a shot but that it's it's going to be hard done I, I think I think the Division 2 semi is going to be tighter for my money I think the, this, this final is going to be tight but I just think Rammer are going to edge it yeah, I there's there's part of me that that I I'd like to see Saint Aidan's win it. You know, just because it's almost a surprise package. Oh yeah, you can't don't have to make any apologies for that. They're in neutrals, and to see to see an under twenty division one medal go to go to Drung Kill yeah. and Goon, Good Hill. You know, it's a big it's a big deal for those clubs. Yeah. And yeah. whereas Rammer have have testament to their quality, they've been picking up division one medals a lot. This group of lads. That's um, it. But no, it, it's. It definitely has the makings of a good game. It's going to be a big occasion. Five clubs involved in it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you have a four-man management team over, over St. Aidan's as well, which is interesting. Whereas Colin Murphy, each, I think it must be one from each. And then you've Colin Murphy's over the Rammer team. So it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, Oliver Oag, uh, O'Reilly is the referee there. So it'll be, you know, it, it'll, it'll be down to the team that wants it the most. He's not going to hold any team back. You know, yeah. and that that'll be interesting to see this time of year. Your your fourteen, sorry, your ten days out from Christmas. 
you know, the hunger is going to be the big part on this game. I think if you really, really want it, it's there to be won. So I I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling on this one because St. Aidan's are undefeated. And, and to win as underdogs is probably a little bit hard on them. But Rammer have really beaten Crush Law was the big one, you know. And, and Patrick Lynch did play. Yeah, well, he went off. Um, but but yeah, he did. But I, I'm pretty sure he did. But I, I just think the Ramerbacks are a little bit better. Like Ben Smith has been marked. He's marked himself out now as a very good player. Mm. Like to break into the Rammer senior team, they'll learn a starting place. Get a good trial with the county seniors against yeah. Monaghan. He's a, he's turning into a very good player. Yeah. Um. So he's going to have a have a good job to do there. Of Killian Brady, who I think only came on the last day, but he's a very good player. Yeah. Um, so the the quality there, I just think Queely as well. Is he Queely? Played against. I think he played against the Gales. I think it's Queely. Maybe I'm wrong. Not sure on that, but I don't have the team sheet in front played of me. Played well. But, but they've lots of quality. So I think they just about might have the edge, but um, I'm going to go for Rammer to win it by two or three points. Yeah. My, I, I think I agree with you, Rammer will win it. I, I, I think they may just have that little bit of more continuity that when it comes down to the, the, the melting pot that they should have enough just to get over the line. This is all, though... Predicated that I, I presume Sean McAvoy is going to be available. You know, if Sean McAvoy is not available and Shawnee Kyogre is not fit to start, only coming on, to me, St. Aidan could win this one. But I think if 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 Rammer have a full hand to to play with, I think they'll win it all right. But it's uh, again, I think there's going to be a good final, a really yeah. good final, because there, there, there's going to be no fear in St. Aidan's. And, and they do think they're <clears> improving, um, and they're obviously hard hard to beat. Like they've, they've proven that, so like to go six games unbeaten would be a hell of an achievement. Um, what what odds will you give me on Shane Sexton getting a goal? <laughs> Anytime goal scorer. Anytime goal scorer. I'd have to get on to Paddy Power about that one. I'd, I'd Your good it. friend. I'll I'd give you three to one on it. Right. Well, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it any day. <laughs> I, I reckon there's a goal in in Sexton there for. Well, Tiernan Riley's a good goal scorer. Oh, brilliant! But, yeah, but he he just uh, he, he's I think he's better known than Sexton. You know, Tiernan Riley through playing County Minor and that, and you know, he'd be better known. Oh, he would be, yeah. Sexton hasn't played any county football, but no. I think by his own choice. Um, but uh, yeah, there's nine Good Hill lads, I think, featured the last day. So it's a good sign of good, good players coming up for Good Hill. Yeah, yeah. And, and they'll need every one of them with confidence going into next year's championship, going into the intermediate championship. So well, look, they kind of have to start to build again, don't there. they? You take the likes of Jeremy Carney there. He played midfield all year for Good Hill mm. Seniors. Sexton played full forward and played really well. So, like, there's there's a good bit of quality there, like yeah, yeah, and they, they won't fear a lot. So yeah, I'm I'm actually changing my mind a bit, but anyway, no, I'll stay with what I what I had. Okay. Um, last weekend was the Division Three final. Did you get much on this one? Ballyhays beaten Cuhullen, or sorry, Cuhullen's beaten Ballyhays. Cuhullen's beaten Ballyhays. Yeah. Um, didn't they cover the game myself. One seventeen to twelve. Yeah, high scoring, very high scoring game. I didn't cover it myself, but it was it was. Uh, in the end, uh, Cahill is just about snuck it and no more. Uh, so it sounded like a cracking game. Didn't well, it didn't get to it, so I, I don't have much detail to bring you. We, I think we both, or did we both go with Cahill? I went with Cahill. Yeah, so I, I thought the O'Malley factor was gonna was gonna pave the way, and it looks like it has. So, um, yeah, I, I I I was away, so I didn't get a chance to to go to this one. But congratulations to Cahill. I suppose on on the team that we said earlier on in the Division Two. Losing the intermediate semi final and last year's final, they uh they, they deserve a wee bit of reward up there. So this is this is a nice little finish to the year to to beat Ballyhays in that Division Three final. So well done. Brady's Arva Limited, 
main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Moving on uh, to the incidents of convention. It sounded like, I, I was saying to somebody that convention is usually terribly boring, but this one everyone's talking about. Yeah, this one wasn't boring. Um, I think it, that's about the probably 12th convention I've been to now, and it's one of the more memorable conventions. Back when I first started going to them, they weren't too bad. There was a few elections and things, and then as the years went on, they got tamer and tamer, and every year it seemed to be record timing. Like, yeah. as we always say on the podcast, convention back in the 70s and that used to be a three-day affair. Like, yeah. But it got to the stage where it was on, it was over in an hour and two quarters, um, and there was no debate and there was a bit of apathy I suppose but this year the fact he had an election for chairman first we, time in 10 years we had contest we had d- debate by the sounds of it I wasn't at it yeah oh yeah there was there was you know, pretty, so pretty debate so what time did you go in at? it was I, starting at I was in early uh so five minutes before it started. No, no, not you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very early for me. <laughs> I was in at about half six. See, I was also handball delegate on the night, but uh, I knew I was going to be tried. Someone was going to try and cajole me to sit at the top table, which I which I refused to do uh, because I was in my capacity as media. And I said to a county board officer, "I'm going to be absolutely tearing you boys asunder in the paper, so I'm not sitting up with you." But uh, <laughs> I wanted to get in early and get a good perch, which I did. But the whole talk, really, really the whole talk before convention was who's going to win. And yeah. if, if I had a, a euro for everyone who, who came up and said that to me, I'd say I'd have about 20 euro. Right. Because people were coming up saying, oh, who's your money on? They were whispering. And there was, uh, Kieran Callaghan was floating around, Paddy Shane was floating around, and people didn't want to speak too loud. And I didn't know. I couldn't call it. Everyone I spoke to said, I, I have no idea. I can't call it. All I said, it's going to be really close. And not one person I spoke to, had, was able to say with any confidence what way it was going to go. So that'll tell you the air of anticipation there was in the room. I'm 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 envious because usually it's oh, go on, let's get out of here quick. Yeah, no, that's not an idea. No, people hung around for ages afterwards as well. But um, so how it worked was, he started off. Uh, Harry Lynch, the chairman of Kilgarry, addressed everyone and wished them a very enjoyable evening. And I was thinking to myself, there's elections here for some people. It's not going to be that enjoyable, but. Uh, before before it got going, Larry McCluskey threw a hand grenade up from the floor. He said, a point of order, um, why were, were Could Hill's two motions not included in the booklet? And it transpired that there had been a phone conversation between Liam McCabe, the county secretary, and Larry McCluskey in midweek. Okay. And there was a good bit of over and back about that. And Larry said, told Liam McCabe he was talking nonsense. In, in terms of logic, what you were saying is nonsense, he said. And uh, the gist of it was that um, Liam decided or felt that that the, or someone in in the upper echelons felt that the motions weren't uh, shouldn't be included they weren't properly awarded or something like that but the motions were one of the key motions was well one was that, that delegates shouldn't have to uh, to say a prayer at a, at a meeting there was one thing which was a curious hill to die on if you ask me but yeah uh, 
the, the club obviously felt that was that was important. Maybe so, you know, maybe they're talking about embracing other faiths other than, than yeah. uh, Catholicism or whatever. It's worth the debate. Yeah, well, like to be fair, like even you have people coming in from outside the country, they might yeah be Chris want to engage in Christian faith at a meeting. I can understand that. Like uh, the the other was about uh, a delegate does not have the right to demand uh, a secret ballot on any on any um, subject at a county board meeting. And they pushed that pretty hard. Larry Matlowski pushed that one pretty hard and said that he quoted some rules and stuff like that. And I think it went back to Rammer. Rammer asked for a secret ballot uh, on whether it should be included in the, in the junior championship. I think it was Rammer asked for it. Uh, actually, it could be sound to be corrected there. Someone asked for a secret ballot. Right. And it was granted. And Larry McCluskey said this was against the rules. And Liam McHale was kind of saying, but sure... If if there's no objections, but Larry McCluskey says, but it needs to go to a vote. Of should there be a secret ballot? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that that was to get the thing going. Well, do you know what? My own personal opinion on 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 any votes at county board meetings or or convention, there shouldn't be secret ballot because you're there, you're mandated by the the members of the club, so you should be accountable. And this goes all the way to national convention, you know that. It should be nice and simple. Well, look, we've been told to vote this way and that's the way we're voting and that's it. There shouldn't be an idea or an opportunity for somebody to go, ah, yeah, but I don't agree with them. I'm going to vote my own way. Yeah, yeah. But I can understand it in in elections because it could cause trouble and and, um, division where you don't want to cause division. It might cause offence. You know, let's say the the case of Paddy Shane and then Kieran Callaghan. A club might hold both men in equal in equal standing they're going to have to go one way or the other you can't yeah, unless you yeah. abstain yeah. so do, do you risk offending one man there's no, when, when there's no offence meant I can understand it in elections but anyway but uh, yeah while your point I, I agree with you some people may take offence to it they shouldn't be because uh, when you're given a choice A or choice B you've got to choose one or the other and there shouldn't be offence taken by anybody for not being picked but you have to bear in mind it's, it's all politics I mean Mm. Philip, I don't know if you were like me watching the election coverage last night, but it's all politics. It really is. There's no yeah. difference in that and, and uh, the local elections, really. Yeah, yeah. Which but, can be exciting. Oh, very exciting. So, so anyway, so that moved on. So then, then did you yeah. get did you get the motion included? Either of them? Uh, no, it moved. No, no, it moved on. Okay. Uh, so then we had the treasurer's report, which, which gets very exciting. Well, well, it was maybe. it was forensic detail as usual by Martin Cahill. I have to say it was a very it was a very good report as always. Yeah, maybe we'll bring in the interview you done with Martin Cahill after a uh, convention. I'm joined now by by uh, the treasurer of Cavan County Board, Martin Cahill, who, if I must say so, um, delivered another forensic and very comprehensive financial report at the year's end at tonight's convention. Martin, um, you described it as a positive financial year. Yeah, well, we returned a profit of two hundred and twenty thousand, which is positive in, in and of itself. Um, we need every year we need about 120,000 off profit to meet our loans and meet our loan repayments. So we've done that relatively comfortable. I suppose I, I'm always maybe the half glasses sometimes half empty rather than half full. But I'm always conscious of not of next year because there's no guarantees in this game about what next year will be. Um, this year we had Division One football, which between the league share and, and gates is guarantees you probably 120, 130,000. When you go to Division 2, that goes down by probably 50,000. 
I suppose the positive was that our gates held really, really firm. Our gates are over 400,000, um, which is a really positive performance. So, look, at it is good and we're positive, and, uh, but we have to be careful. You made the point um, regarding gate receipts that OK was down by a neg- negligible amount to seven or 8,000, but last year there were so many replays in, in different championships. So in real terms, that, that, that's a, an increase. In real terms, it's an increase. Last year, we had two senior championship semi-finals, which probably took in about 20,000 20, in total. We had a junior championship replay, which was about 10,000. We had a replay in Baldwin Lackin, I think, which was five or 6,000. So that's 35, 36,000. And we, as you said, we were down to 7,000 or 8,000. So in real terms, we're probably up 24, 25,000. And you, you returned to a familiar team, Martin, that you've mentioned a few times in the past. The, the player injury scheme in, in the, in the GEA... It consistently seems to run at a loss, and it's been it's been subsidised by by Crow Park. And you you referenced the fact that there's there's possibly bogus claims out there. A player gets injured playing a different sport, maybe that GA clubs need to be vigilant. GA clubs very much need to be vigilant. They need to be vigilant probably on a few fronts because there are new underwriters coming in to look after the scheme and. When somebody new comes in, it's a new broom, as they say, sweeps clean. So that's going to be part of it. But also, we, as I said on, on a number of occasions, and probably I've laboured the point, but the, the scheme per se in Cavan would lo- would run at a fifty thousand loss. So if that across thirty two counties plus the foreign, the, the, the international units, uh, it does mean that Crow Park are probably putting in about two million, I'd say, per per annum in it. Um, and there are there is. A possibility, that's the nicest way you could put it, that there are some bogus claims out there. Mm. I know it's a problem for clubs that if a player who has been playing with them or you know, recently played with them gets an injury, there is a temptation that we'll put in a claim here or we'll, we'll look sideways at a claim. But if we continue to do that and the scheme continues to run at a loss, it just won't be there. Just and it's a great scheme. I know people have their doubts about it, but it's not insurance. It's player injury, and it's it is totally funded and overridden, overwritten by Crow Park. So it's our own, and it mightn't be perfect, but it's it's very good. Um, another probably a headline figure on the accounts is, is over seven hundred thousand euros spent preparing teams. You did emphasise the fact that it's not the senior football team; it's all teams. But uh, would you be concerned at that? At that, it's, that figure has seems to be going north all the time. Uh, yes, I definitely would be concerned. It'd be wrong. We say that I'm not concerned about it. Yes, I suppose, and the chairman mentioned it, the outgoing chairman mentioned it in his address, it's a it's a situation in, in the GA that we have to get to grips with now how we do it, because you put caps on things, what happens then is an outside sponsor comes in and sponsors something, it's not coming to the GA, and that's that's not right. But the spending, the amount of times that players are together, the spending, the commitment, it's crazy, and I'm not against any fella getting his expenses. There's no no reason to doubt them, but the amount of t- times that lads are together is, you know, the, the, the increased number of outings, um, and then sometimes the increased number of players. Uh, I would reckon it's a cost about ten thousand per annum to keep a player on a county panel. So if you have five or six fellas above 32 or 33, all of a sudden that's fifty thousand, and you know that's. That's where that really, I suppose, was the net increase that we had in our year. We, I won't say we have too many. Sometimes a guy will be on the on the periphery of the panel this year, and his time spent there will make him very good for next year. So you have to measure that. But it is something we have to be very cautious about. And um, how much of a of a impact has the return of the senior hurling team? I think I was right in saying in 2018 they didn't claim travel expenses. They didn't claim travel expenses. You're quite correct. They didn't claim travel expenses. They did tra- claim travel expenses in 2019, as as is their 
they're right as it were um, and they would have got a certain amount of the, of the um, nutritional I would say hurling ballpark would cost about 50,000 per, per year Ok so that's fairly reasonable to have for a senior in the county team It is yeah it is to be fair uh, not every one of the players claimed um, some of them did but they don't it's not the same intensity as the football team because they're they would train maybe once a week whereas, or maybe a game at the weekend whereas the footballers could be out three and four times per week you know yeah. and I suppose to be fair the footballers did reach an Ulster final and they brought us a lot of joy and as I said with the, the, the sponsor player situation which brought us in with 50,000 offset a lot of the extra spending and one last question it's not really specific to this year but what's the most challenging part of the role of county board treasurer would you say I know you've been in it for a good few years now too many years <laughs> but anyway look I suppose I wouldn't be here unless I'm enjoying it I, I, I think one of the biggest things is, is, is curtailing spending we're, we're really good at raising money in Cavan as I said by the by the, the sponsor player by the, our commercial income by the likes of Kingspan and, and, and their commitment to Kingspan Breffney and to the county team um, the biggest problem I suppose is, is curtailing expectations um, we have a situation where Maybe we have professional staff who want professional facilities. We're, we're developing a gym at the minute, which is going to cost us a lot of money. Deve- developing the, the polar grounds project is going to cost a lot of money. Measuring that and trying to maybe release it in phases that we can handle um, and tr- trying to, to, to keep the finances that we keep our loans paid. And, you know, five, six years ago, our finances weren't in as good a health as they are now. And I'm not making any excuses for that. They weren't. But now we're, in, a, we're in, in good health to a certain extent. But my challenge is to keep it in reasonably good health. You probably, you want to spend, you want to see the team going on, you want to do everything you can to make them good and make them proceed and, 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 and win an Ulster Championship, win a National League, Division 2 or whatever else it is. But you always have to be cautious that you just can't throw caution to the wind. You have to make sure that there's enough money. We have a big staff between uh, development staff, between admin staff, between maintenance staff. I think there's 16 people on our payroll. So that's huge. Loans have to be paid. And there's a big commitment. And uh, how, how much of the 16 full-time staff is funded from outside bodies? Um, four, of, four coaches, the game's development manager, hurling coach there's probably six to seven of, the, of those guys get par- not fully but partially funded from the sports council effectively comes through Crow Park comes through us the council and I suppose with, in light of other bodies problems at the minute it's not for us to talk about other bodies problems but there is a lot of due diligence there there's a lot of, of, of um, checks and balances to make sure that we're spending our money correct and that we're not in any way messing up on that and we have a, you know we have we have people who are working with married men who are working for us and and people in relationships and whatever and you have to be very cautious that we that there's money for them every Friday evening because that's important. And one last point, I know you're tired for time. Yeah, we're uh, all right. The, uh, the slip your mind earlier. You made the point about the rates. Um, that Cavan County Board is a voluntary community organisation promoting the, promoting um, promoting sport, sport in the community. Yeah, it, it's been it's been really walloped with, with a well, going by what you are saying, it's really hit with a high rate of about thirty thousand euro. Our rates for the current year and for the last number of years have been in the region of eight thousand. Now we also pay somewhere in the region of eight to nine thousand in water rates. I suppose if you consume water, you have to pay for it. That's a troublesome issue as well, but we we will not go there. Uh, but the new rates valuation have have rated us at thirty two thousand. 
which is an increase, the, you know, at the rate that they've apportioned to, to Kingston and Breffney and at the, at, at the APR, it would be somewhere in the region of 32, which is an increase of 24,000. And uh, everyone is probably entitled to, to, to pay to the community, but we could make a lot of very good use for that in our community rather than putting it into rates. I think that organisations like ourselves, and there would be, a, there would be some uh, clubs, I suppose, in, in, in the county who are rated because of the commercial activities that they have. We don't have commercial activities. Right, we host games, but in total, the income from Kingsborough Bedford Park from hosting games this year was 50-something thousand. If we have to pay for 32,000 in rates, it really isn't commercially viable. Yeah, so you were saying there, forensic as always. Forensic, a yeah, very comprehensive report. Now, what was interesting... I thought was, when I looked through the accounts, I got the accounts the other day, uh, probably Tuesday, and uh, Monday or Tuesday, and when I looked through them, the first thing I looked for was how much was spent preparing teams. Yeah. And it was over €700,000. Uh, and when you're used to covering the convention straight away, that would jump out, because that's that's gone really, gone north, and you heard me asking Martin yeah. Cal about it there. But the funny thing was, I tweeted that figure, I just tweeted the bare facts, and I tweeted that Travelling expenses was three hundred and eight thousand euro, which is the highest ever yeah. in, in the county. And uh, there is some buses and things in that are included in that, as far as I know. But the bulk of that is made up by players' travelling expenses. But Dar McFeedy was moved to tweet me back defending that, which I thought was unusual because uh, uh, he, it was unusual that Dar felt the need to sort of defend it or to to explain it when I wasn't attacking it. I was just stating a fact. Um, maybe he read too much into my tweet but there was one funny thing and he was right in what he said and he asked, he actually forgot to include something in his tweet which I replied to him saying the cost of preparing teams covers all teams and the hurlers um, have come back into it the last couple of years in the National League and the Laurie Maher and that's, that's adding a good bit of expense so he forgot to include that but one of the funny things he said was more players living in Dublin and then during his address Martin Cahill said that there was more training done in Dublin yeah so if there's mo- if there's a higher proportion of the panel living in Dublin, that's less and, and more training is done in Dublin. That is that is less travelling. No, it's not. It is if there's a higher proportion. N- no. If if two thirds of the panel are living in Dublin, and you train in Dublin, so Dara yeah. says there's more play- more Dublin based players. So let's say it's two thirds. But well, I don't know. I I I think what he's saying is that there's more than there was. Not that there's yeah, yeah. more Dublin based players than there is Cavan. Yeah, but if there's a higher proportion. Uh, then, then it stands to reason that if you train where the higher proportion is now, then, then. Uh, but essentially, then you you still have travelling expenses either way. Whereas, if you had a small proportion of of players living in Dublin and they were the ones that just got the expenses coming down to Cavan, then they're the only ones getting expenses. Whereas, if you have the, if you have you know, the players that are in Cavan aren't getting expenses. They're not getting big it, expenses. It depends if there's more in Cavan or, or more in Dublin. But I took it to mean that there's more in Dublin. But it still means that, I think, w- from what I read into into the tweet either way, is that if Cavan are training in Dublin, let's say, just for easier sake, let's say even if it's 60% are in Dublin and 40% are in Cavan, at some point, you've all, the minimum you're going to have is 40% of the players getting Cavan to Dublin expenses or Dublin to Cavan expenses, whichever way it's working. So the minimum you're going to get, whereas with a fewer number in Dublin, you're going to end up with fewer players getting expenses when you train in Cavan. Hmm. So the, the whole thing about training in Dublin, 
that, that come out to me is that it's double expense. So you still have the Cavan players coming up, getting their expenses. But then you have to pay for Abbottstown. Yeah, although Abbottstown's not that expensive. It, it, they spent 13 grand on, Abbots, on Abbottstown, which is not that much. It, it, you know, I know you're raising eyebrows there. It's not that little. But you're telling me they've spent 720 grand preparing the teams. So 13 grand is, is a very small proportion of that. Of one team, though. 13 grand for one team. Well, I know the under-20s train there as well. Oh, right, okay, yeah. okay. Well, maybe maybe so. I don't think it's that. I think it's like 150 quid for, to get the pitch for a session. Yeah, whereas Kingspan Breffney is free. Oh, yeah, completely. But um, I just, my, I think my point was that... I'm, I'm trying to bring up your tweet, but my, my internet's not working. Yeah, well, it's basically reason. as I described it there. But my, my point is that if there's, if there's more players living in Dublin, grand, you can see how expenses would be higher. Because you're training in a cabin, but expenses can't be higher for for both reasons. It can't be higher because there's more players going to Dublin, and because there's more players going to Cavan. It, it has to be one or the other. Because unless it's a if it's a, if it's a fifty fifty split, then nothing has changed. Well, see, yeah, well, always was. I think that your so that that's where we differ here is that I think you're reading his tweet as in to say that there's more Dublin based players on the panel than there is Cavan. Cavan based players whereas I think what he was saying was that there's more than more Dublin based players than there was in the past yeah yeah but but I'd say I'd say over half the panel is in Dublin but the the main the key point actually but it does add expense the more players that are in Dublin add expense to the uh, to to the travelling expenses completely but 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 training in Dublin then can't can't also add expense. Of course it can, because then you're <laughs> playing the Cavan based players to go up. Yeah, but how can how can do that? You're adding both ways. So if you bring yeah. up, so if you bring up the smaller group, if the smaller group are travelling more, it's adding more, and 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 it's also if the larger group are travelling, it's also adding more. It can't be both ways. No, no. Whichever the bigger group oh. travelling is. Adding no, hold more. on. It, it it essentially means that if you have if you had all the trainings in Cavan, you're going to be. You're going to be bringing all the Dublin-based players down. Yeah, and that would add, that would add more. It's going to that would add more. Add more to what though? It would add. It would. It would increase po- the figure. Yeah. It possibly. Well, it's hard to know. You'd have to know the exact amount, but it, it depends on the balance within the, the squad. But the point being that the the overall expenses are going to be increased because there's more players in Dublin. Because if you're training in Dublin half the time yeah, to, to okay. facilitate them, the overall expense has to increase. Because you're going to be paying expenses to lads coming up from Cavan, or you're going to be paying expenses for lads coming down from Dublin. Whereas if there was very little up in Dublin, then you're, you're, you're not paying the big expenses to the Cavan-based players. I, I understand that completely. Completely. You're missing my point. My point is, I've gone down a rabbit hole here, but the la- last thing I want to say on this is, my point is, I, I completely understand what you're saying. What you're saying is 100 percent accurate, but it can't be. It can't be driving it up on both ends. You can't. If there's more players in Dublin, it's going to cost more, completely, because you're you're bringing them all down from Cavan. But yeah. if there's more players in Dublin and you're training in Dublin, it, it can't also be cost more. But I'm not no, saying no, any more. No, no, this. no. But it costs more than if there was less players in Dublin. No, no, no. That, you, but you're t- no, but you're taking it that you're training. You're training. Where are you training there? Then you're training. If you're doing a quarter of your training in Dublin, that's obviously wiping that out. It's not costing more to train in Dublin if if you've more players in Dublin. It can't. No. So, so what 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 you're trying to say is that, and and you're probably right that by training in Dublin is reducing the overall, but it still would increase numbers in Dublin. Your 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 cost is going to increase regardless of where you train. 
Not if you're training in Dublin. Yes, it is, because you're paying the Cavan players to come up then to Dublin. Yeah, but there's less of them, so you must have the small group travelling. But but what's, what's but you're still paying for no, facilities. But basically, Dara saying, Dara saying that the larger group is travelling, and Martin is saying the smaller group is travelling, and both of them are saying that that's what's putting up the cost. Well, they only, they only trained half the time in Dublin. Mm. So I'd say it's obviously around a 50-50 yeah. split on it, and, and it was to accommodate, to, to make balance amongst the panel. But I think I, I can understand where the confusion from Dara's side comes in and I can understand where your confusion on what he said in reply comes in because it, it's very easy to no but I, I want to make it clear that whatever whatever a county player gets he's well worth it yeah like it's a massive effort and no player should be out of pocket the only no. actually the only the only uh, problem I have is that official the, the, the rate of mileage for officials is 50 cent and the rate of mileage for players is 65 cent I don't think that's fair because it costs the same to run a car whether you're playing or whether you're Ah, but you see, the, the the county, and this one's the end of Killian Clark. The county players are driving uh, Mercedes, <laughs> you know. So the county player that, that costs more to run. <laughs> the county players are, are well entitled to every cent to get. Ah, yeah, definitely, definitely. They, complete, they completely are, but but it's very interesting when you go through the accounts and you hear that the devil is in the detail, like for example, or, or lack thereof. I ah, know the detail is the detail is. Well, just one person said to me about how while it you know we've we've got the figure of over seven hundred thousand to to look after the teams there still isn't a breakdown to what everybody is getting in, in what sense as in what individuals are getting out of that what what the breakup is for well what's what's the what's the manager's expenses what's the, the physios what's the coaches what's the well there's what the, <coughs> there's one uh no, I, I didn't see these, so I'm just going second-hand information. Yeah, well, I'm presuming that everyone's getting exp- just just the mileage, but there's one... Oh, yeah, well, just how much is is their point? Is yeah, Are there players that are getting more... I don't more think that should be published. Of course there are, because there's players, there's going to be players down the country. Or yeah, whatever. is there... Yeah. Well, if you're a rep and you're working in Galway, when you're driving from Galway, and that's just it. Yeah. Um, but I know there are, there are players that never play on expenses in Cavan. Um, I was told that recently, but any players... Current like, players? Yeah, the hurlers. Cor- current players, yeah. The hurlers did claim expenses this year, so that also put up the figure. Oh, yeah, but, but, but current county senior footballers that have not claimed any expenses. Yeah, never. They should be... No, and, and don't get me wrong, they deserve their expenses. Someone somebody like that is, is making a, a real sacrifice. They're just saying, look, I'm not, I'm not doing this to deserve cover for my loss of income. That That's a that's a very admirable thing, I think. I think so, too. I think so, too, because... Uh, Nobody can question that they they're only be. in it for expenses. Yeah. Because they're generous. They deserve them. But there's no company or very few companies that are paying 65 cents in the mile. No. Certainly not in the media. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> but, not. But uh, the, um, the, other, the other point on expenses, well, we got really got, off, got down a rabbit hole there. The other interesting thing that was said was, here's one for you now. So every player um, was fed after training, rightly so. But they were also given food to bring with them f- to feed themselves That's for the right. next day. Yeah. But the That's cabin part pl- of the GPA, isn't it? Well, it's not. But yeah. every player is entitled to twenty euro nutri- nutrition allowance uh, per week. But the Calvin players uh, decided to forego that, and so that was bundled. So that that covered the cost. So when they, then the lads got fed after training. They also had food with them for the next day because they always said that preparing food is one of the time-consuming things for county yeah. players. Um, yeah. So that that was a, that was an interesting little nugget to get, like to know that lads are getting lifting food. It makes sense. Yeah, makes there's sense. no problem with that. No, and 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 they were, they were basically paying it, paying it 
for themselves because they were giving up their 20 quid a week which they're entitled to. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting but I suppose Dara's point was probably he didn't want to see anyone he, he, he was probably defending the good name of the county panel. He maybe he took it that I was that I was being critical, but um, but he, is uh, your point for the tweet was maybe the fact that it has increased from um, was it was it in the tweet that you mentioned that it you know from twenty sixteen there was a there see was the, a the comment f- yeah in twenty sixteen at the convention um, players travelling expenses were about one hundred ninety grand and. Martin Cahill made the point that it was worrying and he actually suggested we're going to have to take a hardline approach on this. Now, to me, to my mind, your expenses are your expenses yeah. and there's no hardline approach in it unless there's a suggestion that maybe someone is putting in bogus expenses or something like that. So that's what made, that's what made me think if it was worrying three years ago at 190 grand, it must be chronic at this stage at 308 grand. That's are, why I thought there was a talking fact, point. So the 65 cent a mile wasn't there in 2016. That has come in. It the hoarders claimed expenses this year. Which was totaled up to 40-something, 50,000 was it or something like that? There was no figure given for that. All right, okay. But um, that was interesting. There was another figure in the accounts for 55 grand. I think up the top of my head, fifty between 50 and 55 grand, that was for, it was under the head and team development costs and that went to pay for for a coach which could have been a strength and conditioning coach something like that and, oh, other, yeah. and other coaches who worked with teams which was another cost really that was a cost of um, preparing the team which it was a cost of preparing teams that, that doesn't come under that head because they follow a very strict um, set of criteria from Crow Park every county Guy board's accounts are yeah. the exact same thing so that was interesting um, does it break down so that that is of all teams that seven hundred that covers right down to development squads. No, I don't. No, it doesn't cover development squads. I don't think. Oh, does it not? No, okay. Think, so, I, what's I, all teams? Seniors at Horland and and I, I imagine it's the 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 minor footballers um, up up. I'd ima- I'd and and so. minor hurlers then too. The senior, the seniors, the senior footballers and the under twenty footballers would would make up the lion's share of that. Like no doubt about it. I think no nobody could argue with that. Yeah. The hurlers wouldn't. The hurlers. Uh, as Mark had said to me, about fifty grand the horrors cost. Yeah. So like it's pr- small fry really. Yeah. <coughs> to be fair, the the other thing that was interesting was oh yeah when I look back through it, to put that in, in perspective, the the expenses were three hundred and eight grand travelling expenses. In in two thousand and seven, the travelling expenses were three hundred grand or like three hundred and two something like that. Now when you adjust that for inflation, and and it's and figure that that th- that was the old rate of mileage, which was there from about two thousand and one up until recently, which was 50 cent a mile. Yeah. Uh, the lads were really taking the piss back then. They were. Actually, straight out with it. Yeah. I remember hearing stories at the time that there was four lads in a car and everyone that was claiming expenses. Mm. Uh, there was definitely lads were, were crazy. It was Celtic Tiger culture. What year was that? There was money floating around, 2007. <sighs> that, like that, that is wrong to think 12 years ago would, would, would a, would a uh, what are you talking about, 30% less of of a, of a mile expense per mile that they were getting the same figure overall. That's that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought that was taking the pace a bit, but but and also this year's panel was the biggest, or is it was a bigger panel, point, wasn't yeah, that another that point. crucial that, point? That was a huge point. Yeah, and Martin Cat did say like he's they've spoke to the county management and they're going to have to have a smaller panel because it was costing too much. Yeah, um, so it was interesting. He also made a big, a meta point. Now he said. 
about the rates. They're getting charged 30 grand for rates. Paddy McDonald, who's a councillor from Baileybur, stood up and said, well, hold on, I'm a county councillor and want to make the point that it's not Cavan County Councillor who are imposing these rates. That's right. And uh, Paddy Shannon then made another, another point in Who's the rates collector. He knows the ins and outs of this. Yeah. Um, so... That was that was interesting, but Martin Cattle said an interesting thing. He kind of said something like, he go, said something like, well, there was talk that we wouldn't even pay it, and then he tailed off. So it was interesting. I was like, mm. oh, did he think twice about saying this in public, that that um, the county board are going to renege on rates, whatever. But they're not happy. And I can understand that, because it is a voluntary sporting organisation. I don't and think he, they should have to pay rates. Well, he makes great points there on the interview. Like, it's it's not as if there's a huge revenue income from Kingspan Breffney. You know, fifty thousand in the year for for gate receipts, you know, of, of external gifts. That's that's not that's not revenue producing, really. So to think that the that that you're talking about sixty uh, percent of your your turnover, your your income going back on rates, that doesn't does not sound right in any way at all. No, no, I, th- I think that's I think that's. Uh I think that the GA have to start maybe lobbying, and I'm sure that if Kingspan Breffney is paying that, Hyde Park are paying that, and 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 Clonus are paying that, and, yeah. and it's gone way up, like it's it's gone up by a multiple. I don't have the figures in front. Well, of it me. was eight thousand, and it's gone up to thirty two. That was it, yeah. Like so that's that's ridiculous. The other the other point he made is a familiar theme that he returned to was about the player injury scheme, and he, there's two mm. things. That you, Debt, debt taxes and Martin Cahill saying that the player injury scheme <laughs> cannot, cannot, cannot be sustained version. yeah he says that every year and uh, he said again which he, he said a couple of years ago that there's fellas getting injured he basically said clubs need to be vigilant because there is there is a possibility there's fellas getting injured playing other sports that come to the GA club mm-hmm. uh, and not on a wink and the club are covering it yeah um, now I it's it's running at a loss of a couple of million a year to, to Crow Park um, but I think Crow Park are probably happy enough to write that off because yeah, but, but they definitely don't want it increasing. No, the yeah. other one, the other one he said was, um, uh, yeah, there was a good bit of talk about club referee that's gone well up. There's nothing about the house draw which has increased greatly um, in the last couple of weeks. It's really picked up steam. I heard it was sixty online tickets sold yesterday. Okay, um, yeah. so that's the kind of figures they're hitting now. People are buying them as gifts. Yeah, Verscommon common seemingly picked up. 35% of their sales in the last month or something like that okay. So and they sold 14,000 tickets so I think that Cavan will be bombarded Roscommon sold hundreds of tickets on the last day their website actually crashed right so I think Cavan are, are a bit happier than they were a few weeks ago on that right still um, if you haven't bought one get out and buy one you know yeah. it, 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 it's it's vital and I, I keep on saying this to everybody that, that will listen the, the more tickets we can sell on this, the less fundraising clubs are going to have to do, the less the less pressure it's going to be on to get this Polo Grand Centre of Excellence done. So it's it's so, so important that if, you, if you've bought one, brilliant and thank you. If you haven't bought one, get out and buy one. If you've bought one, talk to your neighbour, talk to your brother, talk to your mother, get them to buy one. Yeah, you know? yeah it's very important. Uh, yeah, so, so that brought it on then. After that, um, there was the election of officers. Uh, there was three... Kingmakers chosen from the from the masses, which was Brendan Young, the auditor, uh, Liam McCabe himself, and George Cartwright, former chairman, and they were the three lads who were going to go out and count the votes. So after the vote was taken, they went out, and I think people expected this will take a couple of minutes and be back in, and it dragged on and on. And then Jerry Brady says, "Well, look, I'm going to give my address now because the lads still hadn't come back with the votes." And then he came back. Then they came back. A couple of other people spoke. Or sorry, they hadn't come back. A couple of other people spoke. And once the Jerry Brady says. 
No, talk among yourselves for a minute. Go to the toilet if you have to. Then he says, well, any, has anyone got a song? And then Larry, Larry Matuski <laughs> took his hand up and says, maybe we could talk about the two Hill motions now. <laughs> Come on, Larry. But uh, eventually they came back. They were out over an hour counting the votes. I don't know why it took so long, but obviously there was some reason for it. Because we has different checks has to be done and everything else. Yeah. Came back in and in the style of a boxer announcer, I thought, Jerry read out the, the, the figures first. So boxer announcer would say... Uh, Judge Donahue scored it <laughs> 120, yeah. 112 he goes the vote is uh, what was the figure name in it? whatever it was 10375 something like that wasn't it yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I can't remember yeah, something like that don't have my phone in front of me but and he said the new Coherlock is Kieran Callahan. so first person to congratulate him was Paddy Shane and uh, Paddy spoke very well very warmly wished him good luck and uh, you could tell he was disappointed naturally enough of course he was but but a true GA man, in fairness to him, he's not going to hold any grudges over. No, you know? no. And then Callahan spoke, and Kieran's address was extraordinary. I thought, like, let's. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll cut the interview with him because this is good, um, and then we'll, we'll speak about his address after that. Delighted to be joined now by the new chairman of Cahirlock. Uh, come and crush the Breffney Bre- rally to give you your full title, Kieran Callahan. That's that's a nice uh, a nice ring to it. Uh, it's great ring, Paul. Um, an unbelievable honour um, to go into this position after so many great men. Um, it's an honour and a privilege for my family, for all the clubs that have been involved in, for the county board, for Kingsborough Bradley Park. Um, I'm going to work my hardest to drive it on, and I hope that everyone drives on with me, and that we just <clears throat> work on positive mental attitude the whole way through. It's a can-do attitude, a can and I will attitude, and that's my attitude. And uh, your, your acceptance speech is probably one of the talking points. Talking with delegates leaving here, everyone, it seems to be the, the thing on everyone's lips is that you, you made a very rousing speech and you had an awful lot of work done behind the scenes. You had people already lined up to go into certain positions. So how, how much work, how much thought, I suppose, went into this uh, campaign for you? Um, I probably started recruiting me uh, lieutenants um, during the early stages of the championship when I was going around the grounds and I was looking and watching and seeing what was going on and I started talking to individuals obviously in in very discreet manner um, no one knew about any of them mm. every one of them was very confidential um, which is very important going into an election like that that it doesn't influence any club or anything like that I was very conscious about that I didn't want any of that out um, it shows the professionals and the people disappointed um, I think it's important and I looked at it and I talked and I tweaked it in my head and I couldn't really talk to anyone about it what, what I was going to do so what I done was I thought about it I'm never going to have 180, 190 people in the room again yeah. not till next year and I said to myself this is the chance now to set the stall out set the parameters of where I'm going and basically it's, it's, this is about everyone working together for the betterment of Cavan GEA and the value of the volunteer and the volunteer is the most important person in the GEA, and I've always acknowledged that. We cannot underestimate the power of the volunteer, but we must value them. And I suppose leadership comes from the top, and you know that from yourself in, in business. But are, are there certain areas where you think that Cavan can, can improve um, and that you'll be looking to target now in the next 12 months? Well, Paul, <clears throat> as I said there, um, the referees is the first one. Um, very important we have very low numbers in referees we have very high games high number of games so we need more referees we just that is the bottom line so I put it on the agenda for the first county board meeting um, the second one is coaching in games 
um, I've empowered the coaching, new coaching officer in Kevin Shields and Kingscourt Club to get his coaching team together. Sit down with all the Fulham staff, GDM, Fulham staff, all the coaches, plus his volunteer team, and agree a process for 2020. And by the end of 2020, we'll have a plan for the next five years of where we're going with coaching and games. Coaching and games is the future in Cavan. Um, Andy Ford is going in to head up the development squads, which is great. And uh, yeah, look at I'm looking forward to it. And you've you've uh, a few things you said in your speech. You want every subcommittee to put together a strategic plan uh, within the next 12 months. I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah, well, the bottom line is every committee is going to have to have a plan for this year done very quickly. So we'll go through them and we'll get the plans in. But as quarter as the year goes on, we have to produce a strategic plan for Cavan GEA for the next five years, where we want to go. And that's my vision as well, but it's everyone's vision, where we are going. And uh, will, will it be a massive time commitment for yourself? I know you're very busy in, in your professional life. How, how are you going to find the time for another, another full-on job? Um, Paul, for the last 13 years, 14 years, I've been involved in administration between chairman of the club, I've stood in gates, I've stewarded, I've collected money, I have coached, I have done every job in the GEA. Um, and I would say I'd be putting in not that much more time than I'm already putting in as, a, as it stands because with Central Council I've been on, I know such I've been on the <coughs> Crow Park Committee, I've been on National Health and Safety Committee, I've been on the Council Strategic Planning Committee. I'm looking after Breffney Park, Kingsman Breffney the last eight years, on a management committee. So, um, and plus the polo grounds, plus the house draw. So when you count everything up, um, I hadn't had much time as it was, Paul. So uh, it's just maybe uh, <laughs> a little bit more organised or maybe a little bit more pressure, I'd say. But um, no, I don't see it as pressure, Paul. I, I'm not going to be an agony aunt for people bringing me with problems. I'm going to be saying, lads, what's the solutions? The solutions is in the room. And you come to me with the solutions along with the problem. Um, it's about collective learning, it's about collective decision making, and it's about collective solution finding. Okay, well, we wish you the very best luck here in Callaghan. Thanks for giving us the very first interview as chairman of Cavan County Board. Thanks, Paul. So, I spoke very well there, but I have a, a person I know that was at it, was at a convention, and would 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 not that often be extremely positive about change, you know, or about the somebody new coming in or whatnot? I spoke to him after convention and and spoke to him as in he made contact with me and saying we've got a brilliant chairman. He he rallied the room. He said he just you came out of it thinking right, what can I do to help this? This is going to be brilliant. So his his speech must have been really inspirational. It was a great speech. He started off by saying. Um I could get up and thank everyone and say everything's great, but there's going to be change. And you could see people looking up, going, "Geez, this is a this is a different sort of approach here." And I, I would compare it to the finance minister on budget day, where he he was saying he was listening an issue would say referee referees we have a crisis there. There's only forty three referees in the county now, and there was over sixteen hundred matches played last year, Jesus. which John Duffy said, and he would say referees blah blah. 
And he'd say, I can now announce that I am appointing Mark O'Rourke to head up a special committee looking referees. So he had all this stuff already done. He had serious homework done. And he announced it all on the night. He talked about Liam McCabe's role, how he's getting tied up with small stuff and he wants to use his expertise in other ways. He talked about Angela Hamilton, how he's moving her into a different role, um, supporting Liam and he's bringing in other people. Terry Hyland has got a job uh, fundraising in the UK. Anthony Ford is taking over the development squads. He's bringing in all the coaches and, and the GDM, Darren McCabe. He's going to sit down with them and plot out a course for the next 12 months. Every subcommittee has a, until a certain date to come back to, to the chairman with a plan what to do in the next 12 months and within the next 12 months to have to have a five-year strategic plan done and they're answerable to him and uh no i felt like going up to him after and going look at this one i'm doing this weekend <laughs> i have a few things on i come back to him Monday. brilliant brilliant but, uh, but it was you, very it was very impressive isn't it isn't it amazing too and i spoke to a lot of people since coming home about about convention and everybody at it just came away impressed really impressed that okay so we're going to have a plan there's going to be something put up on the wall to say this is what we're trying to do, this is where we're trying to go, and this is how we believe we're going to get there. And if it doesn't happen, there's going to be accountability. Like it seems like it's very much taking it to to a, a very organised place, a very structured place. That that right, it's not just look. Let's hope we make it there. This is how we're going to get there, and that's that's a really really good. I suppose the development there's going to be so many issues there's going to be a huge amount of stuff what I loved on, on, on the interview there that you done with him was he said I don't want to be an agony aunt come to me with a problem and a solution or two and, and we can work it out like that's a really good message to send out that you know don't, don't be ringing me just complaining anybody can ring and complain ring and give me a solution to the problem and yeah. then we can try to work it out because everybody should have the ability to, to solve problems and he's looking for that I I, I thought it was uh, it seemed to be a really really I wouldn't say a turning point but a, you know a, a change in mood that okay this is different yeah yeah I agree but um so first first night uh, was a big success. So now the next challenge is for Kieran Callan to take that on mm-hmm. and start achieving the things that he's planned. So it's our job, Damien, is supposed to speak truth to power, and we'll we'll keep him honest as well on the podcast yeah. and in the in the media and in the paper. And that's our job as well, and I'd say he'd welcome that because I know this type of fellow he is. So um, look, it's exciting. It's exciting to have a new chairman who's got f- good plans. I know me and you both had a great work, working relationship with Jerry Brady as well mm. um, but different type of type of individuals every individual has his own way of going about things so it's exciting to see how this particular individual's approach is going to differ from the last man um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to as a Cavan supporter in, see, in seeing how, how it goes I, I especially like the way he he said that people are answerable to him you know there is going to be a, a, a big part of his approach is a level of accountability which which I think he's going to he's going to shake things up as as any new chairman does so I'm I'm looking forward to it same as yourself yeah yeah and he, and he, there was, there may have been some worry about him coming in that that well he, he's he's such a successful businessman that he's going to just you know bring pure business to it I like the way he spoke about the volunteers bring back the ownership to the volunteers that that's the that's the lifeblood of the GEA and, and he's right you know it, it's got to be that the volunteers are, are steering the ship into the direction and and, and that, that we all row in behind that that idea yeah completely completely like like Cavan have underachieved 
for too long, really. Like, it really has it has gone on too long, mm. and uh, it's nobody's fault. But uh, sometimes things can drift, and you know, maybe this, maybe under Karen Callan's watch, we might make a breakthrough. Maybe we won't, mm. but um, you know, everyone, everyone on the county board does their best. But sometimes it changes as good as the rest. Well, that's it. That's it. And and what I like about it is that from the sounds of it, and I'm going to try to ask Kieran to come in and do do a good in depth interview about his plans, about where he wants to go, and we can note them down and come back to him and say, "Well, look, at you said this was going to happen, and it did, or it didn't. You know, hold accountability to it. But at least if we have a plan, or we know that there's a plan there, you can then kind of say, well." You did it or you didn't do it. And well, to why? be fair, like, he's the third most powerful man in Cabin G, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I can see you looking at me there. So you're number one. <laughs> you're number six. Mickey Brennan's number two. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, look, at it, 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 look at it. Look, it's a new era. And uh, as you say, sometimes it changes as good as a rest. But um, we also have changed at PRO. Was there much of a vote? I, I didn't hear. Yeah, it was, a wide, it was a wide vote. Um Susan Brady won it from Bally Hayes, so yeah. best of luck to her. We'll be working closely with her. Um, and she, she knows a good bit of the role. She was on she's March been on the PR committee, committee yeah. so it, it shouldn't be a big a big jump from her. No, it shouldn't be a problem to her. She's well capable. Um, Sean Smith from from Den was the defeated candidate, so um, hopefully he'll he'll stay involved now. Probably just didn't have the profile that Susan would have it. at county board level. Like, yeah. yeah, it's politics. You need to be well known, and that was maybe Sean Smith's undoing. But a very good a very good worker in his own club as well. Yeah. Um, and then the, the Ulster Council um, contest three went for two positions, and the, the winners there were Jerry Brady himself and uh, Kevin Riley from Kilgarry, and yeah. and the third place in that was Jerry McCarran. Oh yeah. And then Tom Riley was uncontested for Central Council. Yeah, we, he was. One thing we shouldn't let and the Mark podcast. O'Rourke, sorry, uncontested yeah, for Vice Chair. I was going to mention Mark O'Rourke. We shouldn't let the podcast go by without mentioning Mark O'Rourke. I mean, he's five years done as PRO, and I, I thought after Declan Woods that we were very lucky with the PRO we had. Mark O'Rourke has been just absolutely brilliant. Mm. I have to say, he's he's been. I think he grew into the role after he found his feet after a few months. He's been absolutely. Top class PRO. Like you, you couldn't ask for for a better gentleman to work with. Great ideas and a great worker and thoroughly honest. Well, I'll I'll give you one example that people may not um, be fully aware of. But so the the Breffney All Stars started off that it was one team for all three, and and sometimes the nights weren't that busy a night that that full of a room, you know, for the Breffney All Stars. That you know, it, it didn't seem to click. Two years ago, he came up with the idea that we put an all-star team for each of the championships. And now it's huge. Now every night it's it's 300 plus at the all-star awards. And, and it's a really brilliant, brilliant event. And that's one of the little changes. Nobody would know he came up with that. Nobody would know that he implemented that because he's, he's that unassuming sort of quiet fella but those are the little changes and there's numerous ones that he came up with yeah. throughout his time as PRO I think where where Mark may do himself a disservice is that he doesn't doesn't put himself out there doesn't boast about no, what he's done he's, he's not. a not very yeah absolutely brilliant to work with and what I found a few times with him was when a, a decision was made by county board or county management or, or whatever to do with uh, any incident, even if he disagreed with it, 
he told the party line. He mm. stayed, you know, he he could he could say you could get from him that yeah, look, I necessarily don't always agree with it, but I mean, I can't tell you yeah. because I've been told no, not that, to tell that you. loyalty is there. Like, yeah. But so he'll, he'll be a big success as vice chairman. Ah, he possibly could be a chairman down the line. So, so yeah. well done, Mark. Yeah, congratulations to him on, on on being on a pose going in for vice chair because he'll definitely do a great job. Looking down at it now, it looks like a really, really good committee. Um, that that our county board that is put together there. So it's you know while maybe we I I was saying earlier on in the year that the the fact that you've four sorry three changes that happened on the fifth year every time that we should spread it out with this fifth year now we're looking at an exciting a really big exciting change across the lot of it you know so maybe maybe it works hmm. um killer gary brought up a very very important motion that i know it strikes a chord with the listeners here because everybody is talking to me about it so explain to me what their motion was their motion was that the the uh, under 13, under 15, and under 17 grades would revert back to 14, 16, and 18 uh, f- for underage boys football. Um, and they spoke well on it. Liam McCabe was probably, he was probably right in what he was saying that, that the way Kiligari brought it was as a motion. And a motion has to go through our county convention and go on and eventually go to National Congress. So a motion like that was probably wasn't the best way to bring it. But I don't think Liam communicated this very well when he was talking back to the player, to the fellas on the floor and um, nobody got annoyed but I wouldn't say it was heated but it was definitely passionate and uh, a couple of others spoke up in favour of it um, Could Hill spoke in favour of it uh, Liam was kind of saying this can't be done it has to be done by Crow Park Larry McCluskey made the point that convention is the supreme body in the GA in Cavan so Liam was talking about sending it back to the next county board meeting on the 6th of January and Larry McCluskey was like but why are we sending it to a lesser body uh, so he, all this stuff sort of tangled up point, in, the, yeah. in the rule book I don't know where exactly that stands but it does sound like logical to me but anyway um, how it was left was that because Cavan already foolishly in my opinion voted that in uh, it takes a two towards majority to get rid of it now apparently um, so Killigary were kind of pushing for a show of hands on the night and they decided not to. I don't know whether it would be wise or not. Possibly wouldn't have been any harm to gauge support. But I think most clubs would be in favour of it. But um, a big thing they were asking was, look, if it comes in on the 6th of January, will it come in for 2020? And they were kind of being told from the top table, no. But I don't know what the case is there. So anyway, that's going back to the county board meeting on 6th of January. There's a huge, huge appetite from talking with a lot of men on the ground and women on the ground to go back to the even numbers. That you know the under twenty competition was even used as huge as a, as an example where lads that were overage for under seventeen but didn't feel that they were ready for senior football or going to a, an adult dressing room have fallen by the wayside mm. and and every club can identify with this. I think if this goes to the county board on the sixth of January, it'll get us two tours, no problem. Mm. I think. I, I think I, so too. Yeah, I, but. Where where I'd like to see it is that it's implemented in 2020. I don't think it should be held off, you know, for another year because the, it didn't why, work. Why should, why should it be? Like, I can't see. Yeah. Maybe under some rule or something. But well, surely you can make your own bylaws. We're the captain of our own ship in Cavan. Exactly. We and and other counties have done it. Exactly. I was so. just going to bring up that point. Like, it, I, 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 To my understanding, Cork and Antrim 
are even numbers. And uh, Christy Cooney seemingly spoke strongly for it at the Cork Convention, the former GA president, so he's going to be very familiar with the rule book. Yeah. Killigary did have the ducks in a row, I felt, so hopefully that'll be sorted on the 6th of January. Yeah, fingers crossed, and well done to Killigary for bringing up that motion, because I know that it is something that's close to a lot of clubs' hearts, so um, fingers crossed it gets the right result on, on the 6th of January. Um, anything else from convention that stood out? How's the finger food like? Good. Why is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All is important. That's chicken, why people hung on, you see. Yeah. The chi- I can hear a lump of God. The chicken, <laughs> the chicken was very ample. It was very generous. Like, it was well-breaded. We'll, we'll talk about that after, so we will, because I'm getting hungry thinking about okay. it. Okay. Tell me, what time did you go in and what time did you get out at? I, I'm just curious about the length of it. Have we gone well, further than usual? There's this lad I know who was lying up in New York drinking cocktails, <laughs> and he, he asked me to interview the treasurer and the chairman. So I meant I was the last person leaving the place, and by Jesus, I cursed him. <laughs> but I won't say who that was. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Definitely not drinking cocktails, anyway. <laughs> Changing nappies. Um... Yeah, good, good late night though. A good. Uh, late I night. got out there about half eleven, quarter twelve. Ah, yeah, that wasn't wasn't terrible. Oh no, it was, no, probably quarter past eleven to be honest. Okay, well, geez, that was all right. Yeah. On an ordinary night uh, convention, it's that time when I get out. So yeah, but I hang around talking to people. You're yeah. quite ignorant at the best of times. <laughs> I can't do, definitely can't deny that. <laughs> um, so I want to bring people's attention to the interview you done over on uh, for us on the Die Hard podcast with with legendary Hambler. Um, the best that that we've ever seen in the world, Paul the Gunner Brady. Um, so here's here's just a little teaser for people who uh, who aren't currently subscribed to the Die Hard service. I'd seen that happen before, where where players had gone and there was no continuity, there was no feedback given, and no one asked. And I remember thinking that's probably not right, you know, in terms of. There's a lot of value. I'd seen the the Carl Collinses, the Anthony Fords, the Mickey Brides, Darren McCabe's. I'd seen all these guys go, and I'm pretty sure none of them were ever contacted. And I was thinking, there's valuable sources of information gone there. Just yeah. let go. Maybe chairs would just oversee that. How important that was, or a new chair would come in and also oversee it. And I was thinking that that's that's probably not good. You know, you're letting guys. They're, they have valuable feedback they can give you to, to 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 fix this, and no one's ever asking or no one's saying thanks for doing that over that su- sustained period of ten years. You know you need to. So that told me a lot about structurally at board level where there was faults. I have to say with a wee bit of envy, brilliant, brilliant interview, really well conducted. You know while you could tell you are friends. You still threw a few questions that you know he 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 took a step back, but then came at it with a brilliant answer. It was a, a class interview. Thanks, thanks, Damien. I, I enjoyed it. Now I have to say, I was kind of nervous about it because even though we're, we're good friends for years, but uh, never sat across the microphone from him in that sort of setting before. And and uh, he's a hard man to get to nail down for an yeah. hour. But it was interesting for anyone for anyone who hasn't heard. It, I personally think it's worth signing up for the diehards. It'll cost you a fiver and you have a hundred and something podcast there, but um, you have an hour there listening to Paul Brady and he's very honest in it. He talked about sports psychology. He talked about losing all the way mm. up and then finally making a breakthrough. He talked, as you heard in that clip there, about when he playing football with Cavan and how things were done well and how things were done badly and uh, and about and his even hopes for how the he felt in in the role that that because he was in handball, kind of dipping in and out, that he couldn't. Influence it the way he wanted to, yeah. which was very, very interesting very at interesting. the time. The most interesting thing I thought he said was 
he talked about how um, you know he had this gift. He felt he had a gift. He had, a set, he had a set of skills, and you know he didn't want to waste them. And I said to him, "Did you ever wish you didn't have it?" And I won't tell you what he said. Oh, but, but that is brilliant. The time when he said it, the time that that he thought he you know wished he didn't have it. You think he's top? Anyway, we'll not go yeah, into it because that that was a brilliant. Yeah, one I think that's it. what I think it's, that'll might pique people's interest. And even even just to give people an idea I think about four years ago five years ago we sat down and done an in-depth interview with Paul and Paul at that stage wasn't ready to release it didn't didn't he, he thought he let out too much yeah and he told us not to put it told out. us not to put it out that's <laughs> still back there somewhere but we've never actually put it out this one is out so get on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin and subscribe it's well worth it for that one so thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast and uh, hope you enjoy the weekend's football the two finals in the McAvoy Super Value on the 20 Division 1 and Division 2 on Saturday and Sunday Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavanaugh! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah!